0: Space, reality, it's more than a linear path, it's a prism of endless possibility, where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities, creating alternate worlds from the ones you know. the watcher i am your guide through these vast new realities follow me and ponder the question what if and now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast stop it journey with them now. Back, back to the bins.
1: I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. Hello
0: everybody and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro and I am joined today by Mr. Chris Tyler, the hair metal
1: hero. What's Huzzah. happening, hero?
0: <laughs> or is that is it the old Wasabi commercials? Uh yeah. No, it was
1: the yeah, yeah. Well I go back further than that. So it's like what, th- what, it what if. What if What <laughs> if there
0: we go. So uh if you'll recall we had a what if score episode where Scott and I uh basically talked about the comic book. Uh but now we've hit the final episode of the animated series on Disney Plus, and Chris was gracious enough to join me so that we could kind of do a retrospective on the nine episodes. So I think what we're going to do is I'll read in the short, which is like a paragraph each, uh, description of each episode from uh, Wikipedia, and then we'll take a couple of minutes to talk about each one.
1: Sounds good.
0: Sound like a plan? Sure. And then I guess we'll wrap up by just talking about it on a whole. On the whole. The first episode was What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger? During World War II, Steve Rogers is chosen to become the world's first super soldier, but is wounded by a Hydra spy before he can receive the super soldier serum. SSR agent Peggy Carter kills the spy and receives the serum instead. She's enhanced, but banned from combat by SSR leader... John Flynn. After she takes the tesseract from Hydra with a vibranium shield created by inventor Howard Stark, Flynn reluctantly promotes her to a combat role of combat uh, of Captain Carter. <laughs> Not Combat Carter.
1: Combat Carter. That's yeah. a comic ad read.
0: <laughs> Stark uses the tesseract to create a weaponized armored suit for Rogers to pilot as the Hydra Stomper. Carter and Rogers fight many battles until he goes missing while attacking a Hydra train. Carter and her allies find Rogers when they infiltrate a Hydra base and see Red Skull using the Tesseract to open a portal and summon an an interdimensional creature, which kills him. Carter enters the closing portal to force the creature back. Almost 70 years later, the Tesseract opens up another portal from which Carter emerges, meeting Nick Fury and Clint Barton. So I'm going to say this one, it it was not a bad idea to start off with this one. It captured in my mind the feel of the comic book where you changed Mm -hmm. one thing and then you kind of had, you know, where it goes from there. And it felt self-contained. And there was, you know, some irony to it. And overall, I thought it was pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed this one as a as the first episode. Um, you know, they do kind of, I guess they kind of go chronologically, huh? So, well, not really, but everybody loves Skinny Steve, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves Mark One Iron Man suit. You know, let's take a couple of those and mash them up and put it together. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Mark for for Peggy Carter, so you know. Give give me all the, the the Carter you can.
0: Yeah, and I'm i I have to admit I'm a little uh, disappointed that that Agent Carter didn't last longer as a series.
1: Yeah, it's disappointing. Hey, you know what though? It's like the only TV show that's canonized in the movies, so so it's, it that tells is you true. something about it.
0: Now I I you know right from the start we we set kind of a a standard here where they they are going to try. And bring in as many of the real voices as they can get. Mm-hmm. You know, a little little disappointing that we didn't have, uh, you know, the, the the Steve that we know. We had Josh Keaton as Skinny Steve. Uh and was fine. Looking him up, he is pretty much a uh, a voice actor.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And and yeah, he yep. did fine. Uh, you know, I, I would have liked for Chris Evans to. Uh, to have been willing to do it you know just the whole thing is it feels to me like he's distanced himself from this character for not necessarily any good reason and you know I I don't know I don't know what's in his head and what you know what he thinks but it seems to me like would it be that big a deal to come, come and you know what would he have spent a de- you know one day to do some voice uh, you, work
1: on this? Yeah uh, you never know I mean uh, you spend you spend over a decade with a with the character, you might just be like, Alright, I'm gonna take some me time. Yeah, like I'm watching Heels on Stars and, and that's got the guy who plays Arrow and Green Arrow and he's clearly not doing that salmon ladder anymore. It's like, I don't blame you, dude. You're getting older, like you wanna enjoy your time off if you can. So Yeah, no, I you know, I can
0: understand that, you know, you feel like you get typecast. On the other hand, you know, I, I always appreciate when an actor seems to revel uh in it, you know, it, it always it it's always felt really good that you know iron man it always felt like Robert Downey jr really enjoyed you know what it did for his career and it didn't seem you know i you know what he was behind this behind the scenes I don't know but in in his public persona he seemed to revel in it and that he seemed to enjoy it or uh you Wolverine uh listen you Hugh
1: you jackman?
0: Hugh jackman yeah Hugh Jackman has always seemed to enjoy playing Wolverine, and he enjoys I – th- I think he, he kind of feels like a, a gratitude to the character for the fame it's brought him and what it's yep. allowed him to do in his career otherwise.
1: Yep. Eh, everybody's wired differently, you
0: know. Yeah, no, it, it, and, and certainly it's Chris Evans – you know, it, it's his option to do what, it, what he chooses. It's just disappointing to me because I would have liked to have seen him back doing the voice again. And again, it's not for me to criticize uh, his choices. Just you know, it's it's nice to me. It, it feels good when
1: you when it seems like
0: they they really do enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I won't argue with you there. I I just I with with some of this stuff, I just kind of take it as eh. You're not going to be able to get everybody. So. Yeah. No, that's true. I understand. And, and you know what?
0: Uh, we didn't get uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, uh, right? Who did we have as Tony Stark here? Let me just uh, list one when, when we get to Tony Stark in here.
1: I can't remember. He's not as good as the guy who did the the Tony voice on uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. They should have got that guy again.
0: So, th- so you know, overall, just to, to wrap up episode one, you know, a solid, enjoyable episode. Uh, it felt standalone. And then we moved on. And then we got to episode number two. What if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? Uh, in 1988, the Ravagers are sent to Earth by a celestial called Ego to retrieve his son, Peter Quill, but mistakenly ab- abduct a young T'Challa from Wakanda. Twenty years later, T'Challa has become the famous intergalactic mercenary, Star-Lord, and has been convinced by Ravager leader Yandu Udanta that Wakanda was destroyed. Nebula approaches the Ravengers and proposes to steal the Embers of Genesis, a cosmic artifact capable of eradicating galactic hunger from galactic kingpin Tanelir Tian, the collector, uh, at Tivan's headquarters on Nowhere. They offer him the Power Stone as a, detract- as a distraction. Meanwhile, T'Challa looks for the Embers, but he finds a Wakandan spacecraft that was searching for him. Nebula seemingly betrays the Ravagers, who are captured, but this is another ruse to obtain the embers. Tivan's slave, Karina, rescues T'Challa and helps the Ravagers defeat Tivan. T'Challa forgives Udanta for lying about Wakanda, and they return there so T'Challa can reunite with his family. Elsewhere, Ego approaches Quill, a Dairy Queen janitor. Now, this one, I didn't like this quite as much. I felt that this one, like, it it felt a little aimless to me. Like, it it didn't seem, you know, when they did it, I didn't understand where they were going, is basically
1: what it came down Um, to. uh, Well, the the big thing is, is that everything that Peter thought he was in the movie, T'Challa actually is, if he becomes Star-Lord. He's the cool one. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody's afraid of him. Uh, you know, he manages to de-escalate, de-escalate Thanos and make him a a joke. That, that's probably you the know? coolest
0: part that he turns he t- you know, he totally turns Thanos around and and turns him into a hero. I thought that was a cool aspect of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's uh, but that's what I want when I read what if. Like I want something that's just it's so Opposite of what we know, and it should make you shake your head a little bit and go, "Oh, that's, oh, that's interesting." So that's how that could have went down. I, um, it, it, all but of that's the thing about this one;
0: like, it never really made me feel that way, except for the, except for the Thanos thing. It just, it, it felt a little aimless to me. Uh, now, now, I, just I, I you can know, probably, ret- I retroactively. I think retroactively we can go to this and say, well, once we got to the conclusion of the season, now I could understand this one. But as a standalone episode, it felt like it was missing something.
1: Um, I could probably say that about all of them, though. I mean, it's, I mean, what are they about? Twenty eight minutes each, tops. I think the last two yeah, somewhere in the thirty minute range. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting. I guess maybe my expectations were a little lower for this because it is what if I know I'm going to get a couple of yuck yucks. Oh my God, look at that. Shake your head. Can't believe they did that. that's really all I'm looking for out of it. I wasn't expecting the two part finale to actually be something and go somewhere when the show started. So if it, it it is just kind of putting puzzle pieces in place for that, that two part finale. So, well, I, I have
0: to say, right from, from about this episode, I started wondering, are they going to tie these different universes together? I was wondering if we were going to have some sort of a, you know, a, a, a narrative storyline through
1: all of them. And, and yeah, we do, sort of, but you don't realize it until the end. Well, yeah, so. they, I didn't get confirmation of it until the end. But,
0: you know, I, I did start wondering, and I'm sure I was not unique in that respect,
1: yeah, so I mean it's, I mean I I was entertained for the twenty eight minutes it was on. It was nice seeing nowhere and the collector and some you know all that stuff again. Howard was in it, right? They had Howard back in there, so yeah, I was I was cool with it.
0: Okay, so just uh, to mention as as I'm looking through the uh, the voice actors, uh you know well first of all, uh I love the fact that Chadwick Boseman did the voices for the Black Panther. You know that's that's like a little extra. Excuse me. That's like a little extra gift to us. Uh, yeah. You know, in, in, with his very sad passing, yeah. uh, that we you know we got him at least in you know doing something I didn't even realize he had done. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I also see at the top of the list. You know, they, they have the the voice actors separated, and they have three people listed as recurring. I guess because they're in it often enough. One is Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, one is Chadwick yeah. Boseman as T'Challa. And the yeah. third is Mick Wingert as Tony Stark. So we we get we're getting back to that now. Uh, he's list according to the you know, the little thing that pops up, it says he's an American voice actor and voice over coach. He's best known for his role as the voice of Master Poe and Zeng in Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness taking over roles from actors Jack Black and Dan Fogler, respectively, as well as Iron Man in various Marvel productions. Well, there you go. So, you know, uh, again, you know, I, I mentioned Robert Downey Jr. seems to, uh, you know, embrace the role more, and Chris Evans seems to embrace it less, but neither of them were here. So, I guess, <laughs> you know, I guess it shows that maybe I'm off base on my criticism there. So, like I said, overall, I just kind of felt like, you know... Like, and I think it's it goes hand in hand. I felt like this one felt a little bit aimless, but then that's what got me wondering, are they gonna tie them together? So it, it was kind of a combination. And that's not to say I didn't enjoy this, but I enjoyed the first one more than I enjoyed this one.
1: Alright. The yeah, third I mean, I, one I, would, oh, I sorry. would probably say the same. I would probably say the same thing. Yeah, I like the first one more than this one, but No. Oh.
0: Episode 3 is What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes? Over the course of a week, S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury attempts to recruit heroes for the Avengers Initiative, but they are each mysteriously killed. Natasha Romanoff injects Tony Stark with an unexpectedly fatal injection. Clint Barton accidentally shoots and kills Thor before dying in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. Bruce Banner Hulk explodes, and Romanoff is attacked and killed while investigating the other murders. Before she dies, Romanoff tells Fury that the murders are related to Hope. The Asgardians, led by Loki, arrived on Earth to avenge Thor, but Fury proposes an alliance to apprehend the killer. Fury deduces that Hank Pym is the murderer, and has been using his shrinking technology to commit the murders as revenge for the death of his daughter, Hope Van Dyne, who died in the line of duty as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Fury and Loki defeat Pym, who is taken into Asgardian custody. Loki chooses to stay on Earth, becoming its ruler. Fury begins assembling more heroes, finding Steve Rogers frozen in ice, and summoning Carol Danvers to Earth. Now, this one, it felt a little bit like a... uh, like like it was mistitled, but I think that's intentionally so. Because I guess it would be... What if Hope Van Dyne died in the uh, in the line of duty? Well,
1: yeah, then you're kind of blowing up your spot there. You don't yeah, want to exactly. Do that. Uh, yeah, I uh, I thought this I was pretty really, cool. I really enjoyed this one. I, I, I thought it was a nice way to kind of call back to the darker yellow jacket version of, of Hank Pin from the comics with the MCU twist on it. You know, because um, I had no idea at the beginning, I'm like who the hell could possibly be doing this and then they said hope and i'm like all right it's gonna be it's gonna be hank like that was relatively easy to figure out but i was i was going along with the mystery right up until that point because i had no clue who could have been doing it and uh, you know what kudos to michael douglas for coming
0: back and doing the voice of hank pym yeah you know know, now now, now here's a guy who i could easily say nah you know what i'm not gonna bother with this he's got a
1: pretty distinctive
0: voice though so, oh yeah he um, does but uh, you know they can always find a voice actor
1: to, to I know well yeah, I, mean, I, mean, that's I, f-
0: I thought that this was cool you know this is this is you know the akin to the you know what if everybody died or whatever and then just you know
1: there's the mystery to it and it was just well done I was expecting more characters to actually die during this because I I've, I've read a lot of what if they usually don't end too well yeah that is true
0: so episode four. What if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? After losing his girlfriend, Dr. Christine Palmer, in a car crash, Dr. Stephen Strange travels to Kamar Taj and learns the mystic arts. He discovers the Eye of Agamotto, which can manipulate time, but is warned by the Ancient One and Wang that doing so could destroy reality. Two years later, Strange repeatedly attempts to use the Eye to save Palmer, but she still dies in every scenario. The Ancient One tells Strange that Palmer's death is an absolute point in the timeline and cannot be undone, but Strange refuses to listen. Using the power of the Dark Dimension, the Ancient One splits Strange into two alternate versions. One Strange accepts Palmer's death, while the other gains powers by absorbing mystical beings, becoming Strange Supreme. This evil version overpowers the good Strange, absorbs him, and uses the power to resurrect Palmer, tearing reality apart. Strange Supreme begs the Watcher for help, but he refuses to intervene. Palmer disintegrates and the universe's universe collapses, leaving Strange Supreme to grieve alone. Now this one was a little bit more edgy. <laughs> it's, hard, yeah, it's hard to say that after following one where they all die. But this one was a little more edgy than that. Uh well and, and I thought it was, you know, definitely more grown
1: up and pretty cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um Uh, because it's that's one of those things that i think when you read marvel growing up it is one of those things you think about what if one of the goodest guys that's in the universe just something flips that switch and they just get so obsessed with something that they end up breaking themselves and are willing to break everybody else around them to to get what they want and it's done from a place of of the wanting to do the right thing and and right some kind of wrong, but uh, you, sometimes you just gotta just gotta deal with it. And yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I I I loved everything about this episode. I I like Coverbatch's performance. Um, I love the fact that he knows the Watcher is there. Uh, just it kind of starts to break everything to where oh the watcher might actually be playing a, a bigger part in this as we go along too because who else is going to be able to see him and I I don't know what beasts he was killing and pulling through the dark dimension but I I you know I saw those tentacles I'm like oh we're gonna get like a full Shumagorath here because that would be sweet but <laughs> you know what are you gonna do see I I thought
0: this really played on the Doctor Strange storyline really, really well, because you know the the Doctor Strange story is that he you know he's kind of a prick. Yeah. Uh, until until he learns, you know, the error of his ways. So ultimately, you know the way the way this is this plays out, you know he he just he never learns. He never has he never has that epiphany, and therefore he stays a prick. And he stays a selfish bastard, and the, this is what ends up happening because of it. So I, I thought, you know, this this truly is kind of the what if scenario, yeah. Where, you know, where where we, you know, what if what if Doctor Strange never actually learned humility and, you know, how to how to aid humanity. And yeah. ultimately, I guess he does, and I guess that's the irony of it: is he does, but by the time he does it, he's already destroyed Just, yeah, the race. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think this this one may have been the headiest one of the bunch. Oh, for sure. So,
1: but know, it's a Doctor Strange story. It should be kind of kind of out there.
0: Well, I did you know I did at one point do a Doctor Strange read through, uh, you know, of his Strange Tales and then that first solo series, and yeah, they're out there, but they're you know some of them are, you know pretty aimless, let's just say, <laughs> and, and, and not nearly as heady as they should be, Yeah. anyway, number, episode number five got to, you know, was one I was waiting for, what if zombies in the quantum yeah. realm, oh, go ahead, what, the zombies, yay, yeah, ooh, mm, no, nah, you zombies. know, I, I was waiting to see them on the screen, that's the whole thing. I, I, you know, yeah. I, 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 I've i had it. mixed feelings about the comics. I think the comics, uh, you know, they, they kind of were, they were fun and then they got oversaturated as they often do. Uh, but, you know, this, this is, you know, this is not oversaturated yet. This is a new thing. And I'm looking at it as one episode, you know.
1: That's why I was okay with it. I'm like, all right, it'll probably just be one thing. They're not going to. Make a whole series about Marvel's zombies. I don't... And, and I'm a horror guy. I love horror movies and zombies, but it's like... I think, I think it's one of those things for me where I, I... The never the twain shall meet. I just... I don't need... I just don't need that.
0: Well, this one, the story is that in the quantum realm, Hank Pym finds Janet Van Dyne, but she infects him with a quantum virus. They return to Earth and cause a zombie apocalypse. Two weeks later, a group of survivors, Bruce Banner, Hope Van Dyne, Peter Parker, Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, Happy Hogan, and Kurt, learn there is a potential cure at Camp Lehigh. They lose Hogan, Carter, and Hope uh, to zombie attacks on the way, where they meet the vision. His mind stone can reverse the virus, exemplified by a cured Scott Lang's head kept alive (laughs) in a jar. But an infected Wanda Maximoff is immune to the cure, and Vision has been feeding pieces of T'Challa to her. Maximoff breaks yeah. free and kills Kurt, Okoye, and Barnes. Vision commits suicide to give the mindstone to Peter Parker. Banner transforms into the Hulk and sacrifices himself to battle Maximoff, allowing the others to escape. To broadcast the stone's energy across the world, Parker, Lang, and T'Challa go to Wakanda, where a zombified Thanos wields a nearly complete Infinity Gauntlet. I, you know, I think the thing that I enjoyed most about this one was Peter Parker. I just got a yeah. kick out of him as the story went went along, and and you know what he was, uh, you know, just just his whole storyline in it, because he was in definitely in over his head.
1: Which is the way he should be most of the time. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm also a Spider-Man Mark too. So especially, I, I really enjoy the MCU version of of Peter Parker. I know there's some people that have issues with it. I've, I'm enjoying it. Um, but yeah, that was with this version. Of course, he's gonna be like, oh, zombies. That's cool and terrifying. But you know, Now,
0: this, this one, his voice was was done by some dude named Hudson Thames, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, but he, but he felt like the MCU. Peter Parker. Right. So, yeah. you know, they did, they did get a good voice match. So yeah. I was cool with that. Uh, and, and then, you know, I, I you know, the, what, what they did with Wanda and her, that you know, her infection. I, and then Thanos, it was all cool.
1: Yeah. I enjoyed that, especially with the vision as we've come to know him with, who's ready to do anything for Wanda. Um, Especially a, a vision that hasn't had the mind stone ripped out of them. Yeah. Um, her as a zombie, I thought was terrifying. I'm like, ooh, that's that's great. That's just enough of that. I don't really need any more of it, though.
0: Now on on uh, what's called the storyline with uh, T'Challa being uh, chopped up to feed. Uh, yeah, that, that is that was done in the comic where it was actually uh, Hank Pym that was. Cutting up T'Challa, piece by piece.
1: Yeah, see, I don't even think I got that far. I think I bought the Marvel Zombies Army of Darkness crossover just because it's like, all right, well, that's a whole bunch of stuff I should like together. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah, eh. just, yeah, I'm 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 over the I'm over the zombie thing. Yeah, I, I've I've had enough of Marvel
0: Zombies in print, quite frankly. But I thought you know this this one-off episode was solid. I I
1: enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I was never bored during it, but I, at the end of it, I said, that's plenty. Twenty-five minutes of that was plenty. And you know what? To be fair, up
0: until this point, for the most part, each episode was kind of standalone. Each episode yeah. was enjoyable to a varying degree. Uh, you know, th- And that's the way this series just felt to me. It felt like a uh, – you know, up to this point, it felt like just something where each episode was, you know, fine. And then just move on, and probably something that, you know, I'd forget about and not really give much thought to at that point. Right. But, you know, we may we may change our thoughts as it goes on. Sure. Uh, next episode, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? In Afghanistan, Tony Stark is ambushed by the Ten Rings, but is saved by Eric Killmonger-Stevens. They return to Stark Industries where Killmonger exposes Obadiah Stane's involvement in the ambush before helping Stark build a humanoid combat drone using Vibranium. Needing more Vibranium to create a drone army, they arrange for James Rhodes to purchase it from Ulysses Claw. At Killmonger's behest, Claw leaks word of the transaction to Wakanda to lure in T'Challa. Killmonger kills both T'Challa and Rhodes, staging it as if they killed each other. Stark confronts Killmonger, but Killmonger kills him and makes it look like a Wakandan attack. Killmonger then kills Claw, and reunites with his relatives in Wakanda. Thaddeus Ross sends the drone drone army to attack Wakanda, but Killmonger helps the Wakandans defeat them, becoming the new Black Panther. As the United States prepares another attack, T'Challa's sister Shuri visits Pepper Potts, who was suspicious of Killmonger, and proposes an alliance to expose the truth. Now, this one, <laughs> I hate for this to be all the Wakandan ones, but this one also kind of felt to me like I'm not sure why they're going here.
1: I thought this one sucked. I'll, I'll just straight up say it. It was like, okay, Killmonger did Killmonger things. He did basically the same stuff he did in Black Panther. It's like this was the most interesting thing you could have come up with.
0: Yeah, he uh, did Killmonger just, uh, things just on a larger
1: scale, really. Yeah, I I Yeah, this one was... It was kind of tough for me to get through
0: this one. Well, ultimately, this one is made better by the conclusion at the end of the series. Uh, And at this point, I'm still, you know, to be fair, I'm still wondering if they are going to tie them together. I, I, you know, spoilers, they do tie them together at the end. Uh, But at this point, I still didn't know if they were going to. I didn't know until the very last episode that they really were going to. Uh, So... Um you know I again it's it's like the others to some extent where you know, yes, I enjoyed watching it, but I did kind of feel like you know this one in particular, I wouldn't have felt compelled to do this one if if I was putting together the what ifs you know episodes, if I was a showrunner, uh, I don't think this would be what I would be looking to
1: no i it's. <sighs> I was, I, I just, I found it boring. I, I was like, this is re- really the most interesting swerve you could have done on these two things. One, Killmonger being in Afghanistan, and two, saving Tony. That was, uh, I, I just, yeah, I found it bland. Yeah, I don't disagree.
0: Next one, and this is where I thought, now, now I started feeling like, okay, we're getting into a little silly. What if Thor were an only child? Um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> After defeating the Frost Giants, Odin discovers the abandoned infant Loki and returns him to Lofi centuries later. Oh, excuse me. Returns him to Lofi. Centuries later, Odin's only son, Thor, has become a boisterous, party-loving prince. While Odin sleeps and Frigga Phrygia, Phrygia is away, Thor travels to Earth to host a large party with aliens from across the universe. His arrival attracts the attention of Jane Forster and Darcy Lewis, who join the party. As Thor and Forster grow close, acting S.H.I.E.L.D. director Maria Hill summons Carol Danvers to end the destruction caused by Thor's antics. Danvers is unable to defeat Thor without exerting her full power, so Lewis and Hill suggest she take the fight to a less populated area, while Forster contacts Frigga with Heimdall's help. Hill readies a nuclear strike as Danvers and Thor begin to battle again, but Frigga contacts them and says she's coming. Thor and the partygoers clean up the mess before she arrives. Later, Thor asks Foster out on a date, but is interrupted by an army of drones led by Ultron, who is in Vision's body and possesses all six Infinity Stones. Uh, with the exception of the ending being a little dark, this kind of felt like the cat in the hat to me.
1: Uh, uh, I... I loved this. Um, I'm a big mark for most of what they've done with Thor in the MCU because he can be both boisterous, silly, threatening, and serious. Uh, Which is, you know, like a lot of people have all those things in them. Um, But this was if the actual Norse god Thor was in the Marvel Universe, this is more than likely what he would be. And it's just that some of the jokes in this had me howling. Him getting the, the microscope tattoo, uh, I, I thought that was great. Him ta- him talking to Loki when Loki shows up, my brother from another mother. Like, it was, I was dying. I, I I really had a good time with this, and we got a big anime slash Dragon Ball Z style fight between two cosmically powered people. I, I just. I, how could you not have a big smile on your face watching yeah, no, this? No, this was fun. Don't get me wrong, uh, but
0: this this could have been. What if the comic book Thor had the personality of the comic book Hercules?
1: I felt that way too. Um, which yeah, shit, shit, bring bring Hercules on in these movies. I'm ready. Um, but yeah, I mean, with with it's you know, while the cat's away, the mice will play, and Thor is. Thor is Thor, you know, without some of those other forces around him to to ground him and without you know, being cast out, what impetus does he have to kind of assess how he is, how he's living? So well, to to be fair,
0: this this is not dissimilar from the Doctor Strange one in the, you know, what if Thor never learned his lesson and became worthy? So, you know, it, it's just done in a more fun or funny way.
1: You well, know, the the last couple of episodes have been pretty dark. So, you know, it, it's OK to have uh, a romp in these, especially with Thor as the, the lead character for that. Yeah, true. It's um, you know what it is, it's. What they really should have called it was "What if the Thor from Taika Waititi's short things that he did while while he was living with Daryl was in the MCU?" That's really what it was. So I don't know. I had a great time with it. Bring back it was fun.
0: It was fun. All right. So next on our agenda, as we start getting towards the end, uh, is an unexpected two-part episode.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Once again, I mentioned in passing. I'm gonna once again put our friend Tom DJ's feet to the fire because he posted a spoiler on this one on Facebook. So bad I don't job, know, on I haven't, Tom. not
1: I haven't checked Facebook in about six months. So <laughs> I
0: would yeah, I say. need, I, I really, uh, I really need to just not. Yep. <laughs> to be honest with you, just not so much because of stuff like this. Because Tom's a good guy, and I, I would never, you know. I would never take it too seriously uh, that he posted a spoiler. But uh, just because of the stuff that Facebook does with your information and all, and that really bothers me. But that's a story for another day. Yep. Um, So, Episode 8 of 9, What If Ultron Won? Ultron, having taken the Mind Stone from Vision's Vibranium body, has defeated the Avengers and launched a global nuclear holocaust, killing most of humanity. When Thanos appears on Earth to complete the Infinity Gauntlet, Ultron bisects him and takes the rest of the Infinity Stones, using them to create a massive drone army with which he wipes out almost all life in his universe. Ultron then hears the Watcher, discovering the existence of the multiverse, and attacks the Watcher in his multiversal observatory. Meanwhile, Clint Barton and Natasha Romanoff survive Ultron's attacks, and find a copy of Arnim Zola's mind in Siberia. They upload Zola into a drone body to try to destroy Ultron's hive mind, but it fails because Ultron has left their universe. Barton sacrifices himself to allow Romanoff and Zola to escape from other drones. Ultron battles the Watcher across different universes and defeats him. The Watcher flees to Stranges, to Strange Supreme's collapsed universe and asks him for help, while Ultron plans to conquer the multiverse. So Tom's spoiler was that, you know, the Watcher was involved in the battle, and, you know, that's not the Watcher that he knows and loves. Uh, um, but but in this instance, course. I Come still on. thought it was kind of cool. I, uh, I didn't yeah, mind I, that it happened, and I, I, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, as it turns out, for whatever reason, I didn't get to watch this one until 9 was out as well. I got delayed oh. on it. So I got to watch them back to back, and nice. and that was the way to do it. To be totally honest with you,
1: oh yeah, but, I mean it's it's one story. Um, it, well, you know what? The watcher getting involved. There is precedence for it in the comics. I mean, come on. He he came to Earth. He he told the Fantastic Four that Galactus was coming. If that's not involvement, I don't know what is. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, if, if, not only did he tell them that
0: Galactus was coming, but he. Uh, he got them on uh, on the path, to, or
1: he sent you a torch over to get the ultimate null- nullifier. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's involvement. Um, <laughs> so at least I checked. Uh, yeah. Well, the other thing is, if the if the unified Ultron v- vision destroys the multiverse, then the Watchers won't have anything to watch. So yeah, as creepy as that is, <laughs> I like to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, dude, that's creepy. Oh, yeah, I, this is probably a great time to finally mention uh, Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. Um, that's just, man, he's just got a great voice, man. Yeah, he does. So good. I never pictured the the Watcher having that much gravitas, um, but, man, it works. You know what,
0: I never had a voice for the Watcher in my mind. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, I mean, I guess the closest thing I had was from the – you know, from the 1960s Fantastic Four cartoon, the voice that they would have given, that they gave him there. Yeah. Uh, But, but that never really felt quite right. Whereas Jeffrey Wright does feel right. You're you're absolutely right. I think that is the voice in my mind forever now.
1: Yeah, forever. If you can see all of history and all of time, you know, you're probably not going to sound like this. (laughs) No, I don't
0: think so. Uh you know, this, but it, uh, it it was it was really cool the way it just ramped up the uh, the stakes. And yeah, And this you know this was one where, where the the only thing I, the only negative I had at all was Thanos was just defeated too easily, too quickly. Now I know they needed mm-hmm. to move the story along, but really?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he's got five wins. of the six Infinity These Stones. Yeah. He does, but you know what? I don't think he was expecting um, the perfect uh, biomechanical being to to be there. And the Mind Stone is pretty freaking powerful, right? Yep. That we know of. And it does, so, it does
0: go with the, you know, you should have gone for the head uh, yep. comment from. Yeah, uh, he went for the whole
1: body. <laughs> so, because, I mean, yeah, if, if Thor had gone for the head, he probably would have beaten Thanos in Infinity War. So I, I, I'm okay with that, especially in a what if story. So, but
0: um, yeah, I just, of, I just don't
1: expect Thanos to be Ultron's bitch. Uh. Well, I mean, you've already made him one of the biggest badasses in the universe. Like, what else can you do with him? You kind of either have to play him as a joke or show that there's other beings out there that are more powerful than
0: him. Well, it's so. it's like it's like when uh, you know when when they want, in wrestling when they want to build up a, a villain. And what they'll do is they'll have him defeat a big hero Um, real easily, and now he seems unbeatable. Yeah, defeating Thanos easily certainly makes Ultron seem unbeatable.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just yeah, the thought of the thought of a of a vision that never quite has his humanity ever come into play is is terrifying. (laughs) So, especially with Ultron's purpose behind him, yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I guess I got roped right into this one, and you sit down, you watch it, and you're just getting pulled along and pulled along and pulled along, and then you, then it you know then the episode's over, and it's like oh man, this was the only one where it was like I can't wait to see what's gonna happen next week. And <laughs> now, this this,
0: this felt like the, the buildup to one of the comic book crossover events. Yeah. And and. You know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting into Episode 9, but it, but I thought the payoff was well worth it. So let's, yeah. let me give you Episode 9, which is What If the Watcher Broke His Oath. The Watcher recruits Strange Supreme, Captain Carter, Star-Lord T'Challa, Party Thor, Black Panther Killmonger, and a Gamora variant who killed Thanos from their respective universes to battle Ultron. Ultron confronts them in a universe lacking intelligent life, where T'Challa steals the Soul Stone. Strange teleports in a zombie horde, including Wanda Maximoff, who Ultron <laughs> overpowers. The yeah. team goes to Ultron's home universe, meeting Natasha Romanoff. Ultron follows, restarting the battle, where Gamora, where Gamora's Infinity Crusher device fails to destroy the Infinity Stones, as they are from a different universe. Carter helps Romanoff shoot Ultron with an arrow containing Arnim Zola's mind. Zola wipes Ultron's mind and takes over Ultron's body. Killmonger steals the Infinity Stones for himself, but Zola fights him over them. Strange and Watcher seal Killmonger and Zola in a pocket dimension, which Strange agrees to watch over. The Watcher returns Strange, Carter, T'Challa, Gamora, and Thor to their respective universes. Romanoff refuses to return to hers, so the Watcher brings her to one in which the Avengers candidates were assassinated, where she helps defeat Loki. In a mid-credit scene, Carter and her universe's Romanoff discover the Hydra Stomper armor with someone inside. So we get a happy ending in a uh,
1: what-if story. Who
0: would have ever told yeah, I Yeah,
1: I was surprised. Well, you know what? The, the action in this was great. Um, it does tie what they did throughout the whole season together and and it does make some of those episodes where i was a little less enthused about uh more palatable um i don't know if i'll rewatch the the ones that i really didn't like on a rewatch but um i really i wasn't really expecting like we were discussing to have a a big payoff to this um what if usually doesn't do anything like that um but i guess if you're only going to get a couple of episodes and you're going to try to get some of the real actors back you want to have something kind of big and bold to rope everybody in and you know i guess they've already greenlit a season two um so i i did, now the the, the problem is going to be can you do another multiversal season-long story arc i guess they could um you know add in and drop out some different versions of characters um but yeah this man the the action in the the final two episodes is just like that's when I read comics. That's what I'm looking for. Be as absolutely crazy as possible, and just give me everything. You know, <laughs> that's what I want. Because I I, I I was thinking, watching the last episode, I'm like, man, this would be really cool live action. Yeah, really absolutely.
0: awesome. But but you know, it's one thing that I always kind of think is that. You know, live action, you have limitations because just how much it costs to make things. Yeah. So so there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be, you know, rejected just because of the cost and and because it's risky. Whereas with animated, not that animation like this is going to be cheap. I'm sure they, you know, they cost them a a decent amount of money. But they could could take a lot more chances with animated stuff than they can with live action. So, you know... I, I say more power to them. Uh, like I said, this 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 finale felt like a uh, you know like a summer comic crossover. Uh, yep. it, the, the payoff was absolutely worth it to me. I really enjoyed it. It made the ones that I had questions about going on. It made me want to rewatch them. And one of the beauties of this is that the episodes are thirty minutes, not an hour. Yep. So rewatching the ones where I'm not quite as high on them isn't. Really, as much of a, uh, a commitment. So I think no. I think I am gonna just watch these nine episodes. I mean, nine episodes. It's four and a half hours, and you know you watch it over time. You don't have to sit and watch it in one right. sitting. Uh, I'm definitely gonna watch this over again. No question in my mind. I I think you know if I'm rating the individual episodes, they would probably range from, I think at the worst I'd say a C minus, and at the best is an A plus. Uh, yeah, but rare. but but to rate the series. The nine episode season arc uh, on a whole I'm saying solid
1: B I was going to say the same exact thing solid B you, you'll get you'll get out of it probably what you bring with you um, you know depending upon your, your depth of knowledge and enjoyment of the, the MCU so But again, that's exactly who this is made for. There's probably not going to be a bunch of people randomly picking this up to watch because it looks interesting. (laughs) You know, if you Mm -hmm. don't know these characters, you're probably not going to decide to watch it unless you're really starved for something to watch. So now uh,
0: I'm just looking on Wikipedia. It says a second nine episode season is expected to premiere as early as twenty twenty two. The series has received generally positive reviews with praise for its voice acting and creative storylines and scenarios, but some criticism for its animation, episode length, and writing. Now, I didn't really have any problem with the animation on a whole. I thought there were some moments in the Captain Carter episode in particular where it felt a little stiff. Uh, it, o- um, it almost
1: felt like they were trying to rotoscope some, some scenes. I think they did. I think they did do some mocap for certain things on this. Um, and, again, Which, that's I think a they would been, I think it
0: would have been more fluid if they had just animated it anyway. But but I yeah. really didn't have a problem with the animation overall.
1: No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's That's it just
0: Episode length, they were half an hour, so I really can't have a problem yeah. with that. And writing... I think we kind of went through the writing as we went through the episodes, huh? Yeah. I I, I don't think those, I I don't agree with those criticisms. That's all I'll say.
1: No, it's, I mean, it's very much a, it's not the most interesting art style. Um, But again, you know, if you take a Kirby drawing and you try to animate it, good luck. Like you you don't have enough animators and enough money to, to be able to do nine episodes. This is not going to happen. So it's, you got to find something that's going to work to match relatively what the MCU has already given you, and that will be interesting to look at, and won't cost you, you know, a million dollars an episode to make, or you know, six months to animate each episode. So it's, it's just one of those things. It's a, the art and commerce, thing kind of, kind of crossing over, and what can you get away with, and, and what's going to be entertaining for people. But yeah. yeah, I had no problem with it.
0: Yeah, no, Overall, like I said, I'm giving it a solid B, a thumbs up. I enjoyed it, and. If you are, if you haven't watched these, but you're a fan of the MCU, I think that's got to be the, uh, you know, the, the the catch to it. You do have to be a fan of the MCU. Yeah. But if you are, I think this is definitely well worth the time.
1: Yeah. And if and if you don't have time to watch the whole nine, watch episode one, watch episode eight, uh, ser- watch seven, eight, and nine. That's what I would say. If you if you only have time to watch some of them. I think you'll get the most. I say find find the time
0: to watch all of them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? Yeah, well, stop advocating the devil. I'm sorry, you heathen. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So you know, but overall, like I said, thumbs up on this, and I guess that's it for what if, unless you got anything else to add.
1: Man, Loki and Loki really bungled up the uh, the timeline at the end of that show, huh? But that's that's an episode for another time. Well, um, <laughs> we we did do an episode re-
0: recapping Loki as well a couple of weeks back, uh, but I think it remains to be seen how that's going to play into the you know the multiverse movies that we're going to be getting.
1: Oh, I could spoil you, but I won't.
0: Okay, don't. I don't want to be <laughs> spoiled. All right but I think it remains to be seen and i and I'm, I'll wait patiently. All right. So thanks for coming on, Chris.
1: Happy to be here. Love talking about Marvel stuff.
0: And thank you everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our show. And we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue. Awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at 2truefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the 2 True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.2truefreaks.com. 2 True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiMonzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the 2 site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.
0: The realization nearly broke the machine. With his mission complete, Ultron was now just a program without a purpose. The victor without a war, sentenced to spend all of eternity alone. Who... who said that? Basking in the boundless silence of his universe, Ultron ascended to a previously unattainable level of consciousness. He became aware of another.
1: He became aware of the... I see you. (laughs) There are universes beyond my
0: own.